about Kazel? No. Just no. Whatever's happening is a no. It, it, it kind of worked. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an edition of This Week in History. I am joined by Melly Kazel, and she has not heard these historical headlines before. So Mel will be asking questions and helping me recount This Week in History, October... Hi! Oh. <laughs> Hi. I wasn't sure if I should... Yeah. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Glad to have you. October 22nd, 1962, the Cuban Missile Crisis begins. On this day in 1962, President John F. Kennedy alerted Americans to the Cuban Missile Crisis, declaring a naval blockade to prevent further missile shipments to the island country of Cuba, 90 miles off the coast of the U.S. Cuban Missile Crisis. Did you learn about that? We did. I think it's interesting that like the Cuban Missile Crisis at that time was such a big deal. But nowadays, people watch the news and they're like, everyone's going to send missiles from (laughs) here. It's just a constant worry now for people. That's true. That's true. So people had it easier back in the day. Yeah, I think I think there because there were less weapons, too. I don't know. There are less mass destruction weapons. That's true. You know, it's like they had just a few that could cause, you know, a problem. And now everybody has so much. Yeah. We don't even know what they would pick. Like, it's too much. We need to (laughs) tone it down, I think. Maybe use some bows and arrows for a little bit. Just kind of chill out. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I love it. October 22nd, 2010. WikiLeaks, a website founded by Julian Assange that functioned as a clearinghouse for classified or otherwise privileged information, released thousands of U.S. documents relating to the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, Yes, WikiLeaks is all every journalist's favorite thing to ever exist. (laughs) (laughs) People just share stuff all the time on there. Here's some secret stuff. Which also, I don't know, I think it's kind of funny that our people who are supposed to be secret are like, they're just ready. They have secrets and they want to share them. Yeah, I had friends that were Assange supporters and friends that were against it. And it was very, very divisive. Um, and I think him as a person, too, a lot of people, I think he um, polarized a lot of people because um, he was kind of a... Honestly, he was a little bit like the Elon Musk before Elon Musk. He he wore like a leather jacket. He thought he was super cool. Apparently, when he was because the after this, the U.S. tried to get him, and I think he was in the, gosh, he was in another country, but he was in the maybe he was in Switzerland in the Ecuadorian embassy. He was in some really strange embassy that didn't have extradition to the U.S., but he was in another like European country, but in this South American embassy. And he was like riding his skateboard around the halls. And apparently he was just, he was there for months. And he was just this terrible house guest that they eventually kicked him out because he was like this 12-year-old boy slob basically living in this uh, embassy. So yeah, he was he's kind of like this early Elon Musk, sort of middle fingers to the establishment, the bad boy of tech, you know, if you will. It just makes um, me think like, is this Ferris yeah. Bueller just riding his skateboard? He's just out there in town <laughs> jumping on parade floats. Literally. October 22nd, 1964, French philosopher and writer. Oh, I need to look up his name real quick. Do you know French pronunciation? No, I know that you can speak French if you talk the accent and you say nonsense words. Jean-Paul Sartre was announced the winner of the Nobel Prize for Literature. However, he became the first person to decline the award. That's interesting. Those little bad boys, bad boy vibes. That's a power play right there. It's very Julian Assange. Right? As I don't need your award, I'm I'm pretty cool anyway. That's I don't... right. Would you ever reject an award? Yeah. Well, it depends because a lot of times there are certain awards that start out really amazing and then eventually they'll just give them to everybody. 
<laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, like sometime and you're like, oh, this is not even worthwhile anymore. Like all the award shows now, it's like, okay. It's like in a school where they give people participation awards so no one feels left out. Yeah. It's like some people should be left out. Like, you know, if, you, if you're the one kid who did nothing in class but turned the light off, you don't need an award. <laughs> Andre Jacquin... Wow, she's saying it so interesting. Jacques. Lean into it a little bit, dude. Andre Jacques Garon. Something like that. I'm, I cannot do French accents to save my life. October 22nd, 1797. That dude, an inspector in the French army who encouraged the use of balloons for military purposes, made a balloon ascent in order to give his first exhibition of parachuting when he jumped from a height of about 3,200 feet. The first parachute, 1797. That is so brave. I would never in a million years trust my own invention enough to jump out with it. There's no scenario. I, nope. I would love to get somebody else to try it, but that's impressive. Like, he really believed in himself. It's a lot of self-confidence. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, the idea of using balloons for military is very funny to me. Just because I don't picture a military, but I picture like a hot air balloon. Yeah. That just all of a sudden, like, all these guys are just waiting for it to slowly descend. <laughs> and even the other army doesn't even shoot. They're like, what's going on? Do these people need help? Were they on a family trip and got stuck? Like, maybe we should help them get back. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like the Trojan horse. You'd just be so confused as the, <laughs> yeah. as the soldiers slowly floated down. Hey, a balloon in war seems like kind of opposite elements, you know? It's like one's a party, sort of a children's birthday party vibe. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of mashing it into this terrible thing. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. War balloons. October 23rd, 2001. Apple introduced the iPod, a portable media player that became one of the most successful and revolutionary products of the early 2000s. Oh my gosh, do you remember when the iPod first came out? I do, yeah. I, I will never forget, we were at a dance competition. We were all dressed up as monkeys. Okay. And one girl had one, and she would pass it around and let everybody play with it. And wow. It was the coolest thing. It felt like we were in Back to the Future. That imagery, I love the imagery that you're all dressed up as monkeys. It seems like some kind of a scene from 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh, it was in 2001. Oh! Seems like a scene from 2001 Space Odyssey. You're all standing around poking this large <laughs> object. It That's really funny. was. We're all uh, little kids, too, so we really were just kind of, yeah. what is it? You know? Banging it on the table. October 23rd, 1998. American singer Britney Spears released the, Britney Spears. American singer Britney Spears released the single Baby One More Time, which accompanied by a Lolita-like music video became a huge hit and helped make her a pop star. Do you remember the music video? The like Catholic schoolgirl. Oh yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah, what old white man came up with that idea? Dear Lord. Oh my gosh. Although anyone who read Lolita or was forced to read it for school, that video is not <laughs> that book is horrible. I couldn't even yeah. finish it. I was like, mm. and our teacher kept going, Is he really that bad of a guy? And I was like, Yes, oh. he is. What's going on with you, man? <laughs> like, who should I call somebody to like check on you? Can't believe uh, you read that book in school. Well, I was in college. Mm, we were supposed mm, to read mm, it, mm. and I just I couldn't do it, so I just looked yeah. up the description and then wrote everything based on that. Because yeah, no, oh, that's weird. It's but weird. yeah, no, Britney Spears very popular. Uh, free Britney is a big thing. That's now right. they freed her, and now everybody regrets it. They're like, <laughs> we shouldn't have done it. There's too much happening. Can we can let's lock Britney back up. <laughs> October twenty third, nineteen fifty six. 
the Hungarian Revolution began with a massive demonstration in Budapest. We've done, I, I think the last ones we did with you were in September, but all the October ones have been full of revolution. So I've been trying to make a point of, of taking note of all the revolutions still going on in October. We've got a few more coming in. It's, we, we, we're not sure why. What's your theory on, on why October would be full of worldwide revolutions throughout time? I have a spooky theory. <laughs> okay, I love it. Well, because, you know, it's the month where you're connected, like, you know, in, in like a lot of ancient religions to spirits in the mm -hmm. universe. So maybe like the ancestors are coming through, Ooh. you know, like let's stand up for ourselves and fight. And they're kind of helping push people to fight for I love it. their freedom and their people. We'll, we'll try to keep an eye out for the rest of the revolutions this month. October 24th, 1945, the United Nations is established. The Charter for the United Nations, the world's premier international organization, was established at the end of World War II to maintain world peace and friendly relations among nations. Do you remember, though? Because we learned this in school that I forget which president helped create it. But then the U.S. was like, we don't want to be in it, though. Oh, really? Like, there was a little bit where they were like, do we really want to <laughs> be a part of this? And he was like, I spent so much time. We're doing it. Do we want to be a part of this group? Are we sure that's a lot of people? <laughs> it's like you, you, yeah, organize the party and then you're seeing mm -hmm. who's invited and who's coming. You're like, I don't know if I want to go to my own party. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, 1945 would have been Harry Truman would have been president. Yeah. October 24th, 1861. The first transcontinental telegram was sent via the telegraph in the United States. Uh, the first transcontinental telegram in the United States was sent via the telegraph, I think is a better way to put that sentence. Sounds like it happened for the first time in the U.S., which, uh, effectively bringing an end to the Pony Express in America. The Pony Express. So that's where they uh, would hand off mail by oh. people who would ride generally very fast sort of short sprints on their horse to have a speedy because if just some guy's just like kind of cowboy plucking yeah. along on a dusty trail it's going to take forever to get your mail so they would ride more or less full tilt for short sprints and there'd be places of handoffs where there'd be one guy waiting for the guy to come flying in grab the mail bag take off just like a cross-country relay race like here it is go go <laughs> that's right oh my goodness thank good they were probably very happy that that was over <laughs> they were probably well, they very lost ready to just but yeah it was probably a very hard especially if it's raining you got snow you got bad weather i mean it kind of takes the the male person's uh anthem snow rain wind whatever that is to an extreme there yeah like i even hear stories of people who hated doing a paper route i can't imagine <laughs> You're riding your horse across the country. You know who was really happy? The horses. There you go. <laughs> Thank goodness. We just get to eat our grass in the field, do our thing. <laughs> oh, man. October 25th, 1983. The U.S. military under President Ronald Reagan invaded the tiny island country of Grenada. I don't know much about that. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it was short-lived. But in 1983, and we're still invading tiny countries. Well, it's because, as we say, they, they want our help. They don't. <laughs> but we say that, we say. and then it makes it better when they're constantly saying, just leave. We'd rather figure it out without you, but... <laughs> yep. yep, that's what we say. October 25th, 1955. The first domestic microwave ovens went on sale. Ooh. I didn't know they were around for that long. Since 1955, that's a microwave. That had to be amazing for anyone who's at home with all their kids cooking. 
Oh my good! They just pop some mac and yeah. cheese, you know, get some, yeah. get a package. That must have been because I never thought too like all the microwave dinners and stuff. Like mm-hmm. that's all recent. That would be one of those things where no matter what you make, you're like, we're getting one of those for the house if you want me. Because <laughs> at <laughs> that right. time, I think a lot of women were still, you know, in the house. They're like, I don't. Yeah. Eat, that's what you're getting me. <laughs> you're yeah. bringing it home, or I'm leaving. <laughs> think of the radiation coming off that thing, that 1955 microwave oven. Ooh wee. Worth it. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> With the amount of kids people had that back then, oh my gosh, I don't care how much is coming off. Give it, give me all of it. <laughs> you could probably get your x-rays done at the same time. <laughs> October 26, 1958, America's first jet airliner, the Boeing 707, entered service for Pan American World Airways. Boeing doesn't have the best reputation now, but it's interesting they've been around that long. Yeah. How do you think it was flying on the first jet airliner? You know, do you think people were confident or very like, I don't know about this? Yeah, it's probably similar to the first parachute. Early on, you know, 30s, 40s, probably still into the 50s, but you know, 30s and 40s is really when any kind of publicly available air travel would have been started. And people were frightened frequently um, because it was bumpy. I mean, besides it was new and no one had ever been up in an airplane that high before or experienced anything like that. Um, They had to fly at lower altitudes, usually just a few thousand feet. So it was like you were always, it was really bumpy. The wind and weather Mm -hmm. was much choppier. You weren't able to get up high and kind of be smooth. So it would have been probably even by today's standards, pretty terrifying flight travel. Like just a really long roller coaster. (laughs) That's right. We don't need to go to the amusement park. We're just going to fly to see grandma and see if we make it. That's Yeah. Boeing's reputation early on was great. And there was a saying, if it ain't Boeing, I ain't going, um, which is a saying among pilots. Here's a little revolution one. October 26th, 1905, the St. Petersburg Soviet Workers' Council was formed during the Russian Revolution of 1905. I wish I knew more about the Russian Revolution, too. I don't I don't know a ton. We covered it a little bit in our Putin episode. We did two, two uh, episodes on Putin, and uh, we start with the uh, Russian Revolution. There were lots of them. This was the one of 1905, the one where they killed... Uh, the royal family and that Anastasia. Oh, yes. That was 1918. So the only were, thing I yeah know at all about that is from the History of the World television show by Mel Brooks. That's <laughs> like that? all my history. Yeah, they cover it and the princess escapes. Mm-hmm. That's the that's well. There's the Disney movie Anastasia, which yes. is all about. Did you see that with the little? bat and everything it's about children of the royal family escapes the assassination and lives in secrecy and then continues the romanoff bloodline she's much more likable in that movie in the tv show (laughs) she's just like a social media star who's like oh my god my family's being murdered i have to go oh that's funny and then she runs away but it's an interesting theory that someone did escape and then that bloodline is still alive today i'd be interested if they could trace that back and like see if it's true yeah well, they we covered the assassination in the Putin episode, and it was it was very sloppy, very um, last minute, and the the folks that the kill squad, the folks that actually shot the bullets, um, all got drunk uh, before doing it because <clears throat> it was a difficult thing. They were kept in a basement room, so these people had to walk into a basement room with a bunch of people seated in a chair and just start 
shooting them until they were dead and they started getting up and running around the room and they were it was just this horrible bloody mess that took way like 20 minutes to kill it just took way too long just a terrible so it is possible in all that confusion that some you know maybe a small child slipped out the door the room fills with smoke because you're shooting these old guns and it was just this chaotic horrific scene so uh and the people that did it did it very sloppily and made a bunch of mistakes and uh, it's possible it's possible uh, i'm gonna, i'm going to choose to believe that she escaped and she she actually wrote the movie there you go she wrote it forever ago and then she just she was like someday someone <laughs> will make this into an animated film i mean presumably they counted the bodies when they buried them and blah 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 but well they're drunk would they have said there you go. They're drunk. Uh, they have said drunk. If they're like, got one, two, we got them. <laughs> yeah. There we go. That's <laughs> They're seeing double, so every, they counted twice as many. <laughs> October 26th, 1881. A feud between the Earp brothers, Wyatt, Virgil, and Morgan, and an outlaw gang led by Ike Clanton escalated into a celebrated gunfight at the OK Corral in Tombstone, Arizona Territory. Tombstone. Very popular for gunfights, I think. That's a place <laughs> I've heard a lot, which is... I wonder if it was named that before or I feel like after the amount of they were like this, you know, we're just tombstone. If you come to this town, (laughs) good freaking luck. October 26th, 1796, the National Convention, the assembly that governed France during a pivotal period of the revolution was dispersed. Another revolution, 1796, French part of the French Revolution. Still going. Good. Uh, The French. Wait, what? French Revolution. Yes. Yep. You ever see Les Mis? I did. It's long and all singing. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> That's, right. I know it's a beautiful piece of art, but like, can they talk for maybe five minutes, which is regular people words? Because that's, that's, I, it was a very serious time. I get it, but it's a little too dramatic for me. October 27th, 1932. American poet and novelist Sylvia Plath whose best-known works are preoccupied with alienation, death, and self-destruction, was born. A lot of people read them in college. Yeah, Once again, yeah. I did not read the books that were assigned in college. <laughs> I just read the general description. Uh, but no, she did. I. It's so interesting when people are just born and then they become these amazing people. Because at that time, their parents are just like, are they crying again? <laughs> Really, I'm awake again. Can someone else deal with her for five minutes? You know, and then she's this amazing author. But the parents are like, yeah, we still remember when you pooped your pants. So you're not that special. (laughs) October 27th, 939 CE. This is an early one. One of our earliest. Athelstan. This is an English name. So who the fuck knows? Athelstan, the first king to rule over all of England, died. The first king of England. How did he set that up? Like being the first king. Um, That's what I wonder. Is like when you have all these people who are so disorganized, who have never had a king before. At what point are you like, guys? I got this. It's me. <laughs> I can. I'll. I'll can figure it out. You know. Through lots of violence, presumably. Yeah, that seems more reasonable. I don't think people would just go, okay. <laughs> king of the Anglo-Saxons. King of the English. He was the son of King Edward the Elder. He was considered one of the greatest Anglo-Saxon kings. 939, so this is prior to the Norman invasion of England, which sort of 
upended all of this kind of thing. See, that's got to be, though. He he got out of there right before all the bad stuff happened. He was like, I was a great king, not here for any of the takeover. <laughs> Remember me well. And then he just dies. And then the next guy is just screwed. You know, it's like when a president dies and then the vice president has to come and fix all their stuff. Or when someone gets kicked out and they're like, really? You're yeah. leaving me with this? <laughs> October 28th, 1886, U.S. President Grover Cleveland officially dedicated the Statue of Liberty, a gift from the people of France to the people of the United States, on Bedloe's Island, later called Liberty Island, in Upper New York Bay. Have you ever been out there? I lived in New York for a little while, so yeah, I have been out there, and uh, I didn't go to... Um, Ellis Island or Liberty Island, but the Staten Island Ferry, which is free, runs fairly close to the statue so you can get your photos and see it pretty well uh, from the Staten Island Ferry. So I did that. It's really beautiful out there. My family, we went there and Ellis Island and we have family that came over and we got to see their names carved into the stones. Wow. But it's a really cool experience to get to go out there and see it. Yeah. I also am convinced that all the Nicolas Cage movies are correct and there is treasure and I will <laughs> yeah. find it. I was pressing on, I was a kid, so I'm pressing on every brick. Like, yeah. there is a secret tunnel. And they're like, you have to stop touching. It says don't. And I'm like, why does it say don't touch? Because there's treasure. That's why. <laughs> That's right. October 28th, 2007, Argentine lawyer and politician Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner became the first woman elected president of Argentina. That's amazing. Yeah. It always cracks me up how people in the U.S. like like to talk bad about other places and the amount of other places that have already had a woman in charge. <laughs> yep. And like people who are really good in charge too. Like they really should have been elected. Like it's really like, I don't know. Yeah. Even like other countries have had queens. Queens! That's right. <laughs> run the entire thing in here we're like they can't because they're just emotional and i'm like are you kidding me <laughs> women are the best people to have in charge because we'll we'll th it's it's like a mental battle so there won't be war but we will take over that's <laughs> there you go <laughs> you just won't see us coming that's what'll happen all right last one for this week october 28th 1962 soviet premier nikita khrushchev capitulated to the u.s demands to halt the delivery of nuclear armed missiles to cuba bringing an end to the Cuban Missile Crisis, full circle. Oh, that's so nice that theirs got to end. <laughs> so fun for them. I have friends who, when they hear an airplane overhead, which is not how they drop missiles, but they're like, oh my God, we're gonna die. And I'm like, guys, it's just a jetliner. If we were gonna die, we wouldn't know. Isn't that comforting? No, it's not comforting. It's the worst thing I could say. We'll get an iPhone alert just seconds before it's all over. Oh gosh, I don't want that. I'd rather just not know. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather just be having a good day and then Wake up in another universe, or not at all. Because if you don't, you'll never know, so you won't be bothered. It's more, it's more uh, an annoyance for anyone left behind. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. That's the week. Oh, how fun! A lot of yeah, what? It's so many revolutions. It is yeah. very, very many people inspired to stand up during October. <laughs> that's right. Let it inspire you in your personal life. Whoever, yes. you know, if you need that inspiration, stand up. Use that inspiration, stand up. I will be doing not that and getting Halloween candy. That's... <laughs> um, all right. Well, yeah, we were off last week, but um, we'll be back for the next few weeks. Um, so thanks so much uh, for joining, Mel, and thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.